Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Amidst a day of turmoil both in the streets and the halls of power, Israeli lawmakers on Monday, July 24th made a significant change to the law aimed at weakening the judiciary. This move comes after a prolonged campaign by the right-wing governing coalition, causing deep divisions among Israelis. Protesters gathered outside the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, while opposition lawmakers inside vehemently opposed the change, seeing it as a severe blow to the rule of law, citizens' rights, and democracy itself. However, the coalition argued that the judiciary posed a threat to democracy and planned further steps to limit its power. The heated debate over this law resulting in the most extensive demonstrations in the country's history reflects a broader divide between those advocating for a more explicitly Jewish and religious Israel and those seeking to maintain a secular and pluralistic society. The measure strips Israel, Israel's Supreme Court of the authority to overturn government actions and appointments deemed quote unreasonable. The coalition claims this practice has given the court excessive veto power over the majority's will. Their next plan is to increase the government's control over the selection of Supreme Court justices and implement other changes. The National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir expressed satisfaction with the law's enactment, stating that it would make Israel more democratic and Jewish, with more opportunities in their offices. However, opponents of the law argue that the Supreme Court's power has been the only safeguard against unjust rule by a majority in a nation without a written constitution and with a single-chamber parliament. They fear that this change will empower the current right-wing nationalist and religiously conservative government and could be used to obstruct the corruption prosecution of former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The discussions seeking a compromise continued until shortly before the vote, but ultimately collapsed and the, and the governing coalition decided to proceed. The measure was passed with a vote of 64 to 0, as all opposition members in the 120-seat Knesset walked out. As the protest escalated, businesses across the country closed in solidarity, and the largest labor union threatened a general strike. Even more significantly, 10,000 military reservists threatened to resign, which could potentially disrupt some functions of the armed forces. Protesters spent the night outside the parliament, and some had been on the road for days, marching from Tel Aviv to Yerushalayim. During the day, hundreds of government op op opponents attempted to block roads leading to the Knesset, leading to confrontations with the police. Despite the demonstrations, the coalition pushed ahead with the law. Street demonstra demonstrations continued late into the night with chaotic scenes dominating the news broadcasts. On Tuesday morning, July 25th, the Israeli Doctors Association announced that health workers would demonstrate outside the National Labor Union's headquarters to demand that, quote, it take action against the destruction of the country. In a televised address, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who recently underwent the cardiac procedure, made a conciliatory appeal to the military reservists, urging them not to leave the service. He expressed readiness for dialogue with the opposition, but critics remained skeptical given the lack of progress in previous compromise attempts. The Prime Minister stressed that, quote, in a democracy, the army has to answer to the government. When entities in the army are trying to threaten the policy of the government, this will be the end of democracy, he underlined urging, quote, all responsible citizens to oppose this trend. In a democracy, the hand that makes a decision is not the hand that holds the weapon. It's the hand that votes during the elections, he added. The measure is the first major part of, of the government's judicial reform plan, which has sparked mass protests and international concern over the checks and balances in the Israeli government. 
Netanyahu accused opposition leaders of inciting refusal among the reservists, pointing out that the coalition has been negotiating with the opposition for nearly three months, which has not resulted in a consensus. He, however, pledged to continue attempts to find understanding on the reasonableness standard and called on the nation to unite. Number two. President Biden's repeated insistence that he had no knowledge of his son Hunter Biden's business dealings continues to crumble under the weight of allegations that he was frequently involved, including reported forthcoming testimony from one of Hunter's longest friends and business partners that the then, that the then vice president was on more than one more than two dozen business calls with his son. Devin Archer, a longtime friend and former business partner of Hunter Biden, is scheduled to sit for a transcribed interview before members of Congress next week. In addition to the expected testimony, Archer is likely to be asked about President Biden's meeting with over a dozen of Hunter's business associates while he was serving as vice president between 2009 and 2017. Archer has been subpoenaed by the House Oversight Committee and is expected to sit down for a transcribed interview on July 31st. The interview could cast further doubt on Biden's repeated claims that he had no knowledge of his son's former foreign business dealings or of having any influence on them. The House Ways and Means Committee released testimony in June from two IRS whistleblowers who claimed Justice Department, FBI, and IRS officials interfered with the investigation into Hunter Biden and that prosecutorial decisions were, quote, influenced by politics. One of the whistleblowers, IRS Criminal Supervisory Special Agent Gary Shapley, said that Hunter Biden invoked his father to pressure a Chinese business partner while discussing deals. Chapley oversaw the IRS probe into the president's son and said the agency obtained the July 2017 WhatsApp message from Hunter to Harvest Fund Management CEO Henry Zhao, showing Hunter alleged, alleging he was with his father to pressure Zhao to satisfy a pledge. Top House Republicans have described the WhatsApp message as, quote, a shakedown by the Biden family. The whistleblower testimony came to light almost a year after reports surfaced on an alleged voicemail from President Biden to Hunter in which he purportedly discussed his son's international business dealings. After the testimony was released that last month, Biden snapped at a New York Post reporter when asked if he was, quote, sitting there with his son or, quote, involved during the alleged WhatsApp discussion with Zhao. No, I wasn't, Biden said before shouting no. However, photos from Hunter Biden's laptop show he was at the then former vice president's home in Delaware the same day of his alleged, quote, shakedown messages. The photos call into question whether both Biden's were in the same house during the time of the July 30th, 2017 discussion. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy compared President Joe Biden's alleged weaponization of government to, the, to that of President Richard Nixon and said that he believes the congressional investigation will rise to an impeachment inquiry. McCarthy said on Monday, July 24th, on Fox News Hannity, that Biden falsely claimed he never received money from China, when in reality, numerous payments were made by foreign nationals to his family and shell companies while he was vice president. Simultaneously, multiple credible whistleblowers have said the Biden family has been treated differently by federal investigatorial agencies. He also said, we, know, we would know none of this if Republicans hadn't taken the majority, McCarthy said. Congressional Republicans have been probing Biden since they took over the House in January, and McCarthy said that amplifying the probe of Biden to an impeachment inquiry would give, quote, Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. This president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon. He used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. During the Watergate scandal, Nixon's administration attempted to cover up its involvement when Republican campaign operators broke into the Democratic National Committee in 1972. Nixon resigned more than two years later before he could be impeached. I believe, says Kevin McCarthy, 
We will follow this all the way to the end. And this is going to rise from an impeachment inquiry the way the Constitution tells us we have to do this. And we have to get the answers to these questions. Number three. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is standing firm on the legality of the floating barriers installed along the U.S.-Mexico border to deter migrant crossings despite the Biden administration's threat to sue the state over, the, over these river buoys. Last week, Justice Department warned Abbott and other Texas officials about the impending lawsuit unless the barriers were removed. The administration argued that the river barriers violate federal navig navigable waters law create humanitarian challenges and hinder federal law enforcement in apprehending migrants. In response, Governor Abbott addressed a letter to the president and other top administration officials seemingly welcoming a legal confrontation. He asserted that Texas was utilizing its, quote, constitutional authority to address unauthorized border crossings and boldly stated, Texas will see you in court, Mr. President. The river barriers deployed as part of Operation Lone Star have sparked renewed criticism of Texas's border initiative. The operation involves busing migrants to Democratic-led cities, state troopers arresting migrants on trespassing charges and deploying the Texas National Guard with razor wire and other measures to deter migrants. Abbott refuted the Justice Department's argument that the river barriers violate the Rivers and Harbors Act, considering it a, quote, side issue. He further contended that the administration's focus should be on enforcing existing immigration laws to address the surge in illegal immigration. Thanks for tuning in to the top three segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.